Hey guys, this is Jennifer from The Shooter's Mindset. We are live with episode 372. This week, we have our co-host Greg Cannon here. How's it going? Hey everyone. And our guests of the hour this week are Dave Odom and Caleb Gidcomb, who won Trooper Division at the Vortex Team Sniper Challenge in uh, Macon, Missouri this past weekend. And so I snagged them at the awards ceremony and said, so Tuesday night, you now have plans. Um, so we've got them on the show tonight. How's it going, guys? Doing well. Yeah, uh, doing thanks good. for having us. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. Doing good. I'm sure we're all a little bit tired. We drove all night Sunday night, so I'm pretty, I'm still kind of hungover, I feel like, from not sleeping, but I know y'all are tired too because y'all uh, uh, competed and had to do all that rucking, but for anybody that's unfamiliar with you, I want y'all each to take turns and tell us a little bit about yourselves and how you got into shooting. Cool. Uh, I'm a uh, machinist by trade. Uh, own a machine shop with my wife, Natasha, and we manufacture uh, firearm components. And uh, so I had a machine background, used to work at a uh, another job shop, and we started making it was actually the beaver tail or the grip safety for 1911. And I had no clue about guns prior to that. I was probably 25 at the time, so 15 years ago. And <clears throat> so I couldn't have told you if it went on the front back or side of the gun. So I ended up actually buying a 1911 so that I could put that part that we were making on the gun and got into competition, shot uh, NRA action pistol for quite a while shot got into uspsa some small bore silhouette shooting with 22 rifles and so that was pretty much my focus was all handguns for quite a while and uh, probably up to about maybe three years ago got into some center fire stuff and that's kind of when i met caleb and then went down that rabbit hole uh, so i really came from more of a handgun background and really none of my family's ever shot guns or anything like that so it was just something i kind of got into how about you, Kevin? Well, uh, my parents did me well. They they bought us uh, shotguns and 22s when we were kids. So but I remember 10 years old, we would go out and shoot blackbirds on my grandparents' farm um, over in southern Illinois. So that was always fun, but uh, never really did any long-range shooting until about uh, 2015. Took a little class and um, was introduced to that. Um, met actually Ryan Hunt shortly after at a uh, uh, F-class match. And I was shooting a Ruger Scout, um, 600 yards with a, oh, I think it was like a three to nine uh, scope. And uh, he's like, hey, I need to build you a rifle. And so uh, we started kind of shooting together, uh, doing that. And he built, built me a rifle and, and then the rest is history. Uh, started shooting PRS type matches, most matches, uh, our local series in about 2017. And um uh, got into kind of did well with that, had fun, and then started shooting uh, this with uh, the team matches with Dave and what 20? 2020. Yeah, was our first four Yeah, match. yeah. And so uh, we started the team match deals and, and really enjoy it. So. so, how did that whole team thing come about? Like, were y'all just sitting around one day or like, hey, we'd be good teammates. We should go shoot this match together. Or did somebody match make y'all to go shoot a rifle match? Or 
did y'all lose a bet or like how did your team come about you know funny story his dad actually so i'd go up and eat breakfast with the old men at work well i should say old men but the experienced folks in town and so you get up there and eat breakfast with them and his dad would always be like hey my boy he does he shoots guns and likes likes pistols and this and that i'm like that's great he's like you should hang out with him i'm like Oh, I don't have time, <laughs> but I mean, like, you know, sure. That'd be great. Well, then he told me the same thing. My dad kept, you know, yawning on about, you know, hang out with Caleb. He likes rifles. And I'm like, well, you know, so does everybody else in Dayton County. I don't know what you really want me to do here. So we ended up meeting each other at a, at a most match, like Caleb was saying, a club, kind of a, a local club series we have here. And, um, Wow, we shot that, shot a couple of those, and just kind of got to talking, and we got to hanging out, and kind of came fast friends, I guess, after that. So we were – I had seen a um, Facebook post about the uh, Vortex Team Sniper Shop, and I'd, I'd sit behind a computer all day cutting code for machines, and so it looked like a good opportunity to try and get in shape, better shape, and at the time – that we signed up, I wouldn't have been able to make the reps. So told Caleb, I said, we need to go try and do this thing. And, and so he's like, well, I don't know, and kind of went on back and forth. And so we got signed up. And then it was kind of, it was after that, it was kind of hooked after that. That is funny. Have y'all ever done any team matches with anybody else? Have you cheated on each other? No, no, no. We <laughs> you know, when we started shooting this, Dave wasn't necessarily, he was a pistol guy. He shot what USPSA, USPSA, yeah, all that stuff. I I don't even think I, I own maybe two pistols and I couldn't hit the broadside of the barn. Yeah. And I own, I don't think any rifle. Yeah. Maybe a 22 rifle. Yeah. So we, he actually shot, taught me how to shoot pistol and he'll, he'll be mad, but I taught him how to shoot rifle. He did. Don't hold that against me, but so we we worked together actually throughout the whole process as as a team. Um, he kind of shot showed me the ropes of the pistol, and we started shooting rifle together. And since then, we we both uh, I really enjoy shooting pistol. Um, when you learn to trade and you can you know kind of implement it somewhere else, it, it works. It's it's pretty pretty enjoyable. So, but no, I've never shot another team match with anybody. I don't think anybody would put up with. We couldn't hear it. Oh, we've kind of figured out a system to put up with each other. Figured out a system and it worked. So no cheating on each other. No, uh, no. 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 <laughs> it's a monogamous relationship, huh? <laughs> Y'all have a good bromance going. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. Probably That's probably. like Sean and Greg, you know, they yeah. don't with anybody else they have their bromance so yeah, yeah except we live in the same town yeah we do yeah so like we <laughs> this is cheating quite a bit kind of yeah there's a there's a slight advantage you know there's times though you know when we're training and stuff it's like we'll shoot uh twice a week together um and then there's other times i don't see them for three months so um between work and different things so uh, but it is, there is a, a nice advantage of being, being close, uh, you know, practicing together. I think that, that is helpful to be able to, even just to be around each other and be able to communicate 
and get the communication down, I think would help. Um, I know some partners do it over the phone, uh, just talk a lot on the phone to get the communication down. But how important do you think effective communication is for these team matches? Um, I, I know this past weekend, there were a lot of people talking about y'all like, yeah, did you see, you know, Caleb and Dave, they have really good communication. Uh, it was very evident to the ROs and the people that were watching because, you know, they all talk about like who was, you know, doing well, who was not doing well. And y'all's name definitely came up multiple times for having, you know, really good communication. So how important do you think it is? And is that something y'all had to work towards or did it just come natural? Well, I would say uh, kind of as a team over the over the time frame, we've we've evolved a little bit I guess in the sense of realizing this is a team match so you know back out in North Carolina and some of these other when you have five two three five minute stages um you both aren't going to get to shoot um or you may go to an event our first event um Dave shot 19 rounds on day one um and because of the scoring it was like three two one uh, compared to the last couple of years where it's been two one one um, on your first and first, second, third round impacts. Um, so we've kind of realized this last couple matches, it's like, this is a team match. So we have to be able to get some one of us on target, whoever's shooting first um, quickly um, with an accurate range and, and be able to engage those targets. So communication is, is, is key. Um, patience and some calmness is a little bit key too. Yeah, we, we do better. We, I call it, or we joke about it, it's the jazzy hands. You know, you get wound tight when the buzzer goes off. And I'm pretty bad about going into that mode. And so we really worked. And when you do that, the toms, you know, break apart pretty quick. So um, we had really, after North Carolina, I think North Carolina, we did really well. We kind of gone to the next level. And so, We've been talking with each other how we're going to step up and really try and work as one cohesive unit. And we watched that stage that Sean and Greg uh, shot out of the Yukon. And we, we were kind of like, that is the next level of you know, communication, just really smooth, uh, knowing what the other one's doing, tracking what the other one's doing, almost like you're you know, shooting the rifle right with them. So, and at the same time, trying to figure out other parts of the stage. So, uh, our stage didn't look like that out of the back of UConn. I mean, no. I'm glad it wasn't on video. <laughs> yeah. We hit some steel, but not nearly. <laughs> we, we had really almost fired. We were still a team, but we shot almost individually a little bit. And, and Missouri, I think we, we were kind of like we scrapped a lot of that and a whole new system of, focusing on each other and, and, and making sure that we knew what the other one was doing so that we could you know, push on and get another shooter out and start shooting again. So what you're saying is watching the shooter's mindset has helped you because we had that video of Sean and Greg. So tremendously, oh, yeah. tremendously. I, I, I'll tell you what, I appreciate you guys coming out to the matches because that's great, you know, and I mean, I know you're making millions, but <laughs> no, but, but just being able to, even listening to some of the previous podcasts about, you know, uh, energy, you know, with Sean and um, Greg uh, on a previous one, we, we took in and we're like, hey, you need to be eating. 
um, just to keep the middle awareness and then your, and then hydration. And, and we, you know, that's obviously some common sense that, you know, but you don't uh, maybe prioritize it as much as you should. So there's, you guys have been a great help for sure. Yay. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. <laughs> we just do it because we love it. And, uh, but I thought that was funny that you said that the, the Sean and Greg video, I'm like, Hey, that was our video. People actually yeah. do watch sometimes. <laughs> I, I mean, I, I mean, those guys kill it. I mean, I mean, they're obviously the ones to look at and try and emulate. And, you know, and we, we don't want to copy. We have our own system as well and, and pulled from a lot of different sources. But once again, we shoot a lot together. So um, we kind of have our own style uh, that works for us, our own verbiage and stuff. But, um, those guys really have a good system down. And props to them. They've done well with it. Speaking of systems, Greg, did you have a question from the lives? <laughs> Yes. Um, so one of the advantages of kind of doing what we do is every once in a while we get to ask a question that we should know the answer to or be able to figure it out, but we get to disguise it and say like, yeah, so this person's asking, will you tell them? Me and Jen, were not asking this question to each other while filming you guys shooting at all. Um, when you guys are shooting, they hear you say stuff like Charlie and Bravo when you're looking for targets. What does that mean? What's that all about? How does your coordinate system work out there? So the it's kind of code so i can't tell you actually <laughs> i just make up stuff it's it's part of my trends no, I'm kidding. Uh, so we break it up um you know there's a lot of times we actually went to one of the, the classes that vortex puts on um i think it's a great series they they um joe has um kind of went above and beyond i think and you know you show up on sign-in day well it's not only the zero you're, you're getting to visit with everybody and then they'll put on a few classes. And so we went out uh, year last year to the North Carolina match. And so they had a, um, one of the instructors was talking about how they identify or be able to point out quick uh, targets quickly. And so he was giving you different options. You could say, you could break it up in coordinates. Uh, you could break it up in clocks, angles. You could play, break it up in a baseball field. So, you know, it's kind of more or less where you need your shooter to look or start observing for a target. Um, and so, you know, obviously first base may be your um, right limit and third base is your left limit. And then you could say, you know, you might break it in infield or midfield or outfield and, you know, kind of giving you a, a direction to look and then a distance to look. And then that's the general vicinity of where that target is. So it's just a quick way to be able to get a guy and pointing it in the right general direction. That doesn't always, you know, when you have a 180 degree field of view, it's pretty tough. Um, and uh, there was some times that you just point the guy's head in the right direction or rifle, whatever the case may be. So, so yeah, our, our system is just Bravo, Alpha, Bravo, that's your call verbiage to indicate left and right. The way we grid out a field of fire when we're looking at I kind of thought it was like a map, like, you know, not like these kids these days that don't know how to read a map, but like when you used to have to pull a piece of paper out and yeah. you look into an area and it would say it's on B2 and you'd go across and find B and then come down to two and that's where it was. Yeah, battleship. I like battleship. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> Yeah. So that's kind of how we find a target and then I 
sometimes we will continue with that system or sometimes come down and let you're fading out a little bit there. Early looking tree or whatever. So we kind of go back and forth uh, with how we find her and get the other one on. I have, um, I, I think your microphone only likes Caleb because I can hear Caleb really good, but then when you talk, you fade out. He talks a lot. I, I talk too much. Whatever <laughs> <laughs> y'all just adjusted is much better. I can hear Dave better. We're closer. I'm closer. My face is bigger on the screen. I don't know where the microphone is on this thing. I mean, I don't know if it's ever played anything audio. So. We will do that bridge system, and then sometimes we may reference the previous engagement for the next target we're going to engage, left, right, down, up. Uh, tree line, we may use features of strain, but uh, if there's some kind of hard swing, if we're shooting on the left side, on the right side, we may go back to that grid system. So we kind of flip-flop that. We we, we don't necessarily stick with one and say that's we adapt depending on yeah I, I guess it does make sense that you know there's so many different stages and unfortunately you guys don't even know what it looks like until you get up there um, you know that's one of the most fun things about going out to these matches is seeing excellent communication and seeing you know, we've had some stages where Jen's sitting there running the binos with a camera on it, trying to capture impacts. And she's been there for 10 minutes looking through those things. We walk up to a stage, she'll sit there and she will memorize where every target is. She has it in her head. And then sometimes some shooters will come up and they'll talk to their partner. who's At that point in time, they've only seen the stage for 30 seconds and they're transitioning around the course of fire faster than she can after being there for 10 minutes maybe even spotting three or four different teams beforehand because their their reference system is just that good and then you have yeah. other teams that come up and say it's the one next to the tree in the woods <laughs> there is times it is literally there was one stage it's like it's in the wood <laughs> you know it's not on the edge of the field but in the woods. yep well, I think I remember. I think I was on there when ever y'all said that. You said, "No, it's in the woods. It is yeah. not there. It's not on the edge." Yeah. It's yeah. funny the different people that um, would get up there, and uh, there were some. So I'd get there and watch a stage first. I'd try and find all the targets with the RO, and then I'd have to memorize like this one's by a red ipsic because if y'all got up there and said it's by the red ipsic, I had to know where the red ipsic was. You know, so I had to memorize. And there were some that. I'd be like trying to figure out where all the targets were. And then there's one that y'all came up to shoot. And I was like, well, I'll just see what I can do. I was able to get on every single target because y'all were calling them to each other so well. It was like, you know, do you see the deer blind? Okay, go to the right of it along the tree line. You know, even me not knowing exactly what your grid system was, I was able to find every target because y'all communicated very, very clearly distinctly you gave a, an identifier for each target it wasn't you know the one that has a blade of grass in front of it I mean, <laughs> they all have grass in front of them you know it was very clear um how y'all communicated 
and um, y'all did a lot of closed loop communication. You would say something, the other one would say, so you said this, yep, that, you know, y'all communicated back and forth very, very well. So is that, has that improved for y'all greatly throughout the matches that y'all shot? Yeah, I mean, definitely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, you probably saw Missouri was, we stepped, we, we did, we went to the next level. We've been looking, trying to figure out how to get I think at Missouri it really we we really went into Missouri as a practice match. And so it was no pressure. It was have fun and make the rucks and make sure our score happens. So other than that, we were just out there to try and work a new thing. And going into it like that, I think we were just there wasn't any pressure on us. We were just out there having fun shooting targets. I mean, that's when you perform the best, whenever you're um, just enjoying yourself. So um, North Carolina was better than previous ones, and I think that was another good one for us this year. And, uh, you know, Mammoth has always been – this year at Mammoth, our first day was a train wreck. And it, that's what cost us – I don't know if we would have been moving top three day three had gone like day two uh, or day one had gone like day two and three um but we kind of reset after day one and we said well that doesn't work you know what we were doing just we were hollering screaming at each other and, and and upset and basically blaming each other for everything and knew that that wasn't going to work and we came into day two saying well we know what doesn't work so we got to just stop doing that and uh, built on that, I think. I think that was really a, kind of a breaking point, and we built on it. And then uh, Missouri has been where we need to head for sure. I think one of the ROs actually said, "You guys act like a married couple." And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I think we sounded like that too. <laughs> There's a lot of that in these matches. It's really funny. Some yeah. of them it's funny to watch. Like I'm like, they walk off the stage, and I'm like, ooh. I don't yeah. know going to be speaking for a little while. And even like Sean and Greg, they'll tell you straight up at the Coleman's Creek match, there was a stage that they were not happy with each other. And they literally walked away and didn't say a word to each other. And Greg went and took a nap and Sean went and did whatever. And then they came back together after about 20 minutes. Of, <laughs> and all right, you ready? Yep, let's go next stage. And then they just, you know, trucked on and it was behind them. But it's very funny, the pressure and to watch some of the teams and how they react to it. Mm -hmm. I'm, la I'm laughing so hard because I remember talking to the RO from that stage and he's like, dude, it was so awkward. It was like when mom and dad were fighting and I just, just wanted to go hide in my room, but I couldn't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So we'll, a lot, we always do a debrief after every stage. And so on those stages where it's just like total mess, we were just sitting there red in the face, just screaming at each other. And I stay calm and quiet. Yeah. Maybe it's bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, we can laugh about it now. I tell you, day one in Mammoth was rough, rough, rough. And so it's pretty much every stage was that way. And it was, it was kind of like, Caleb's like, why didn't you tell me this? I was like, why aren't you doing this? And so, um, but I think we really got, we pushed through that. And so you got to have those moments. And um, be able to uh, look look at that and build off of that, knowing that that's not where you want to go. 
Yeah, and I think being able to, you know, talk about it like grownups and like a, a an actual team after it happens, you know, every, everybody gets those points, but just being able to be like, all right, so let's move on. You know, this is what happens. This is what we got to learn. Um, yeah. So generally when you guys shoot, I know this is a really corny saying, um, but the best words to describe it is cool as a cucumber. Like um, I actually caught one of y'all's stage debriefs as you guys were walking away, um, walking back up after a stage and you're like, Oh, you know, we got reckless. We got rushed. We got in a hurry. And I'm like, that's rushed and hurried (laughs) because you guys still, even at that just looked as, you know, as held together as can be like, um, how, how do you guys manage to, to stay that calm and collected no matter what's going on? I think the, the quote of the weekend we got from you guys is, um, how much time do I have left? Four seconds. <laughs> just, just so cool. He said it just like that, too. It was like Caleb said, how much time do I have? And Dave goes, four seconds. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that's enough time to break a shot. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah, you know, you really just have to, if you don't see a target, that's usually when you pass, you know, so you get up there, start looking for targets, and then, you know, you don't see anything, so you're like, doggone it, time's burning, time's burning, and so it's it's kind of like the same thing as having a malfunction, you know, you just, if you just relax, drop your bag, and, you know, put another one in, you know, drop that out of the chamber, whatever the case may be, and then and insert your bag again, you'll move on and you'll be able to do just fine. But uh, so that's kind of the key is just be like, man, if I don't see a target, I don't see a target. Uh, keep looking, move on. And if you have time, engage it. Uh, so you can't hit what you don't see. So uh, both of the other times when I was on the rifle on one, the last one of the stage on the hilltop that um, we got to the end, we had 30 seconds left. Well, we couldn't find my last target. So about five seconds left, paying left, and uh, there the target was. Mm-hmm. So um, you know you just kind of just wait till you, you till you find it, and then once you get it, have a game plan. Yeah, I think being calm, you can find the target much easier. When you get stressed out, you look over them pretty quickly, and that was one stage in particular uh, was uh, under the wire. And I think we kind of started off that a little bad because we had the stage brief. And uh, at all minutes, Caleb was right on the stage brief. We were supposed to crawl to the position. And I thought we just had to go under the wire. So, uh, nonetheless, uh, we had some argument going into it early on. And then we got up there, and I I saw one target. And then I, I was just kind of like starting to get panicky. And I could feel it coming on. And then I think it fed into Caleb. And he was trying to feed me targets. I got on four. And I saw a fifth target. It was a diamond, but it was for another stage. And I shot at it three times. Of course, it was the wrong range because Caleb gave me the correct range for the target I was supposed to be shooting at. And so I was like, missed that one. Couldn't find my sixth target. And so I was like, let's just switch over. And then I gave Caleb a bad wind call on his target and so it just seemed like it was unraveling and kind of like a 
And, I, you know, we shot okay on the stage, but it wasn't a competition by any means. Not what we had been shooting that uh, match before. And so we came off of that stage, and we, I don't even know if we, did we even really, do, we were just, we both kind of like. I think that's that one thing. We talked, walked back, and. Yeah, we were, were just like, kind of oh, like. That was a That was just weird. And so then we really didn't even, we kind of were getting ready for the next stage. And I came up to him, I was like, I don't know what that was, but, you know, it wasn't right, and we need to get that out of our system and not do that. And so then our last stage of the day, I mean, it was a burn down. We killed it on the last one. So it was nice being able to just reset and forget that and recognize that that's not where we needed to be at. You just you start getting in that mindset, and it, it takes off, and you can't find targets, and then you start missing stuff, and you make bad calls, and uh, then you're upset with each other again. Um, it's a it's a delicate balance for sure. We do have a good stage that y'all had very good communication on. I think Greg is getting that pulled up. Yep. We'll show that one. I think it was actually y'all's first stage. Oh yeah. Oh, the little truck. You guys see that? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. This was a good one. That was one critique I had of that was my third target, maybe. Pistol went pretty good. We only dropped a couple there. So here you guys had to draw a card. And that card would tell you the uh, order that you had to engage all these targets in, right? Yeah, so they had a screen and screen, and each card was a different order that you'd have to shoot it in. So we drew a queen, and then we, so they showed us the queen, Caleb shot first, primary, and then secondary was supposed to shoot, and we confirmed that we were supposed to shoot queen again, which we were, so we both shot the queen. Um, I was going to go in and start uh, shooting secondary targets first, so I was just getting prepped. Tripod was the easy go-to item there. Uh, the problem with it was the bag was just all steel, so the tripod kind of skittered around. Didn't really dig in. Yeah. Um, I was, I could keep the vertical on the slate the entire time. No, Caleb's targets were skinnier diamond. and further away. I always get the easy targets. <laughs> you remind me, though, that oh, I didn't know Cindy. I'm like, you didn't shoot fast. Yeah, those big targets don't move. Yeah. 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 Three, and I just char uh, three, three Charlie. Uh, excuse me, Bravo. Come down, down and left. Three Bravo. That's a t oh, base of the hill. Yeah. So he gave me a call for a direction got to go. Three ninety five. Okay, got it. Okay. Spotter. Found it. I've seen another ipsic down there. Three ninety five. Base of the hill. Diamond. There was targets from other uh, other stages. <laughs> You were staying, so you had to be able to decipher between those targets and these targets. So it kind of would draw your attention off of uh, what's off of uh, your target you're Ten looking left, for. Of that but field. it also helped for 
you know, I used the sniper head as a reference, I believe, on this next target. Yeah. Um, left of the sniper head. There was there was all sorts of stuff out there. I looked through the 402 at, that just left of that previous yeah. engagement. So this one was like it gave me a range. Oh wait 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 wait. And then oh, I was that is the target. Hold on, diamond. Okay, why did I miss? Ipsic and a sniper head, short of the sniper head. Okay, no, that is the right. left of sniper head. Yeah, I forgot it. I just I broke off left. But he wasn't. And so then caught again. And I like, <laughs> it's okay. And I think I aimed a little higher. You're off left. I was shooting all around, and I'm not really even sure left, what happened. Two Charlie. But I didn't two, uh, my partner. Alpha here, right at the wall. Two ninety three. Spotter. I got you another target too. Okay. I like that. So you told him you were changing bags, so he knew what was going on. Yeah. He, he has your next target, so you don't need to start scanning as soon as you come off. Yeah. I'm at three line. I got, yes, got it. Range. 270, uh, one, uh, 276, 276, three line. Got it, Potter. Send another three. Making sure the spotter knows what target we're on and make sure we're getting our Communicating with you. Pen left. Pen left. Tree line. And this Got should it. be my line. Left 271. Yeah, and that, it was like really awkward. I had to put my knee up on it. So it was a little sketchy. So, okay, we're getting ready. Right out. All right. Try not to move. Uh, yeah, that's the you move in there. Tree line here. Um, yep, that's not like the other stage on the five ton where you could probably do jumping jacks. And... Okay, just right of that. Uh, yeah, first stage of the day, the gun rolls off the front. I'm like, that's not good. Move that, yeah. Right oh, you probably already yeah, found it. Yeah, yeah, so I had already had several of my targets found, but I was going to let him lead on uh, ranges. So I just picked the closest yeah, one that I found. Already had the distance uh, put down and started engaging, and then he uh, started walking me on targets. 500. There. 500 coming oh, yeah. right up to that next tree line. Okay. Butter up. Butter up. You'll you'll notice that that tripod at at some point. I thought that front leg was starting to flap. Two minutes. You got time if you need to reposition. Katie, that just skate around on that metal platform. You know the bed of that truck. Add a tenth left. I didn't get up there, but that platform looks pretty slick. Do you know? In all reality, that would be when those uh, the rubber feet would be real nice. <laughs> yeah. 523? 523, sorry. 523. Five, that cracked me up. I'm laughing because you said 
<laughs> Off uh, hey, Tiff left. That was just me. Impact second round. Yeah, it's a little poke, you know, you get those shadows and those uh, tree lines and stuff like that, and that makes it uh, a little more sporty. Sure. It's hard to ju judge the width of that target, and then plus being, uh, it being slick. Yep. Keep that same wind. Yeah, look at the wiggle of that truck there. Where was it? 500? 502. Yes, 500. 46 seconds. So I'm just giving. And there he's at. That was a little bit. He said 46 seconds. I probably could have shot a little bit faster, but I actually got off on my targets. Um, I thought I only had one left engaged, and I actually had another one. Yeah. So that was a debrief of like I screwed up there. Should have shot a little faster. Just over the little Cresses Hill, he's in the. He's kind of in just the middle of the field, 400 yards, just to the left and below a diamond. Okay, what's the yardage? 400. Using the number. Time. Four seconds. Four seconds. That's where you four seconds. Four seconds. Four seconds. I thought it was good. I mean, y'all, even down to there's one shot I think he missed, and you said, you were nicely saying like, get behind your gun. Cause you were like, you have plenty of time if you need to reposition. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I looked over it. I was like, yeah, I mean, that's, I just kept doing the tripod thing. Catering around on top of the deal. Aiming into the corner or something. I, it was just difficult. It's just difficult. It back to it. So it was, bed rail may have been a better option, but let's see we are at the midpoint of the show greg do your midpoint spiel and i thought you were going to read it you got the you got the first sentence keep it up i always make you do it good <laughs> remember if you're watching live on facebook ask any questions you may have of the guys in the comment section of the video um and we'll, we might ask it live on air other ways to catch us, you can always check back on the TSM Facebook page. Um, they stay up here forever. Um, we usually upload all the podcasts, podcasts, podcasts the night after the show. So you can take us on the road with you or to work. Then finally, everything eventually ends up on the YouTube page as well. So if you're looking back for a historic episode or something from the past or just want to sit there and, you know, listen to us hours and hours and hours on end, um, go check us out there. <laughs> So how do you guys train for these team matches? Do y'all shoot together a lot in practice or do you just, do you work on communication? Did you take classes together? He's taken a lot of my classes and it's, it's, it's shown. Yeah. Right now. One-on-one. -on -one. Yeah. You know, <laughs> we, uh, we do a lot of strategizing. Um, and I've, I, I'm, my background is aviation. And so I always kind of like, if it doesn't kill you, you better learn from it type of deal. And so I love kind of learning from other people's experience. So I, I'm always talking to, you know, some of the guys that we've shot with like uh, Dorgan and Sky and uh, 
Sean and Greg, you watch those guys, Scott and Brandon. Um, you just uh, pick up things from them, um, little bits. And uh, so we, we strategize in that way and then kind of having a game plan for being able to, you know, execute the matches. That's a lot of experience. And so our training, we bring that into our training and we'll go out and shoot and we'll just set up random stages. Um, and I'll be like, all right, it's your turn. So we may, we'll have targets out there and we'll shoot pistol. Um, you know, it's going to be a hundred yards, three shots, you know, 50 yard circle. And then, um, the right, you know, the right circle, and then we'll break it up into patterns. Um, and then we'll go out and we'll maybe have to call each other's targets out, uh, two shots each, mm-hmm. um, total of usually for, for money or for reloading sake and time. Uh, we just shoot a couple shots at each one and then we kind of break down the stages that way as we're prepping. But yeah. then a lot of walking. Yeah, we'll do we'll do like coming up to a match, we'll practice two times a week and we do we'll do probably three to four stages uh, and then rough. So we always shoot and rough. And we typically rough with full kit. Uh, we may be a little light uh, right up until like the week five and then we'll do a But uh, I shoot probably one to two matches a month, and then I practice one to two times a week at least. I shoot a lot of rimfire. I shoot my rimfire and pistol as well. I typically just shoot the same guns. I don't really mix that up too much. I shoot my nine millimeter pistol. I bring that's that's the gun. That's the only pistol I ever shoot anymore. And then same with my 223, and uh, I've got a Voodoo 22 that I shoot quite a bit. Um, we go, uh, I shoot 22 matches, local series here, Surefire matches, CRS style, and um, that just keeps up marksmanship. But uh, Caleb and I, you know, our families, our wives get along, our kids all play together. So it's usually uh, we go shoot, practice, and we'll have dinner, hang out. And so it's kind of just a, you know, an afternoon type setup. That's awesome. Now I can't hear you, Greg. Why can't you hear me? Oh, now I can. Huh. You got a funny story? No, a funny story for us? Oh, well, I tell you, one time, well, our first um, our first match was Vortex uh, Sniper Challenge as a team match. So we're all worried about our ruck weights, and we're like, I don't even know if we can make it, you know, 30 miles through the hills with like a 35-pound pack. And, and, and you guys know that, 35 pounds most of our packs weigh 60 now but um so we were like way over worried about it anyway so we go out there with a one set of binos that were 15 power so if you're a new shooter don't bring a set of 15 power you, to a match. <laughs> you will find no targets hardly because the magnification so much it's like looking through uh you know a tube so um so we were leave and oh, and one rangefinder, a handheld rangefinder, a monocular. As we're pulling out of the driveway, I'm like, "Hey, Dave, my dad just bought a brand new pair of Swaros, the EL, EL, yeah, uh, range, 10, 10 power rangefinder." Yeah, I'm like, "We should just borrow them and bring them just in case we want to use them." No, no, we we're like, "No, that's too much weight. That's too much weight. We're just gonna go. We'll be fine." Yeah, bad call. So, so we didn't have any way to hold the binos. Oh we, no. We, we fashioned together a pack of binos, 
I didn't hear anything you just said. Yeah, I can't hear you, Dave. All of a sudden, you're quiet again. Can you hear me now? Yes. Now. Okay. We had uh, we didn't have a, a any kind of way of holding the binos or keeping track of them during the staging, so we fashioned together a paracord neck strap uh, for the binos, so they were kind of flopping around our neck the entire time we were going through all the stages. Um, it did hold together. Oh yeah, we made it through. But uh, and somehow we managed a first place in Trooper for our very first game. I'm not even sure how we did that with the, with the, it was a six power. I still have it. It's my backup to the backup to the backup. Now, a six power yeah. Leopold monocular rangefinder. And that's how we ranged all the targets. So um, now we bring five rangefinders. Now we have five rangefinders. <laughs> so that kind of brings us right into a live question that Austin just asked. Um, he's asking about your equipment. Um, specifically the unit on top of your scopes, but he's curious also about what cartridges you shoot, how much your rifles weigh. Um, I want to know why one of the guns is, is backwards and the, the cases come out one side and the handle's on the other side. Well, that's normal, right? No, so that's, that's gaming. Uh, that's no. gaming. So um, that was one of the right hunts long range. Uh, Ryan, uh, that's a TL3. It's a right bolt left, uh, left one. And so we, I, I don't know, I guess it's common in bench rest, but it's pretty handy because as you're shooting, um, you're able to see if you have a misfeed or if you have, um, you can see what's going on. Um, you can see if something injected properly or, you know, a case got kicked back in. Um, and so it's right there visible to you. Um, so actually that, uh, I've shot that same barrel on like three different actions. And so I love my TL3 um, that I've been running that right bolt left port. I used to run it in PRS. And so I've taken that gun and um, like I said, it's been on three different actions, actually in the last three different matches we've shot. But um, so that's why we have that right bolt left port. And, uh, and then for the uh, rifle, what we've done is we've just more or less, we've, we started off kind of trying to go ultra lightweight. Um, I, and I say that they were still 12, 13 pound rifles. Um, and then we went back to more of a, a little bit of a heavier rifle, a medium weight rifle, um, just for being able to manage that recoil and, and just for comfort. Yeah, you're, you're 16 pounds. Yeah. And I'm probably around 15, 15 and a half. Still, still shooting a six bash or a lot of recoil. Yeah. You know, so it's hard on your shoulder. And I'm shooting and, and so for a lot of these matches, you've got to shoot some kind of you know NATO round. It's got to be a 220. The secondary does, so it's got to be a 223 or a 308. And uh, 308, the ammunition's it's like two and a half times heavier, and a 223 with the, the heavy bullets out of a bolt gun, you can uh, you know you can best the drop and the and the wind than a, three, a 308. So a 223 is really the gun to shoot. I mean, you can spot impacts better. It's, it's between those two cartridges for this game. But uh, we're both running carbon barrels. I'm running the Curtis with all the standard right bolt, right eject. And uh, we had been both running stocks. I'm running the Manners, but Dale went back to his MPA chassis. He's a chassis man. I, I, I can get behind that. I'm a fan of chassis. Yeah. 
I really yeah. like it maneuverability. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's easy. There's a lot of places to grab. Um, you're getting in and out of cars or climbing, and you can see we're climbing the back of trucks, or and, you know, you're running up to a stage, and so you can get a good grip on 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 the chassis, in my opinion, over a small. One. So yeah. that's always what I've shot. Yeah. Too, so I tried. I've shot gray bows and manners and different ones, but I like the I like that MTA. Uh, and I've just ran manners, so that's what's on my 22 rifle. It's on a lot of my other rifles, so I'm used to it. So just keep shooting the same thing. Uh, the the uh, piece of equipment device on top is a, a Wilcox Raptor, and it's a, a ranging device that spits out not only range but also ballistics. You can also uh, input wind into it, so it'll give you wind hold. Uh, we actually used them quite a bit in the past but at missouri there was one well i checked two targets that once again i thought caleb was telling me a fib on the range so i checked them and he was right on both of them and so it was just me not hitting the target and then there was one stage that caleb used the raptor but other than that we kind of have stopped using them we there's certain instances when they do come in handy but um, for the most part, they're they're just up there. Extra we pound yeah, away. it's an extra pound. We put them on there, and we, they turn we turn them on when we go to the stage. So that if you need it in a pinch, it's nice. But it, hey, it's a it's longer to use it than it is to have your your partner just guide you on and give you a range. That makes sense. They're uh, they seem like a very nifty device to have, but also. Yeah, it's so much nicer to just have someone say, dial that knob too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You gotta you gotta balance the weight and the advantage of the equipment. Oh yeah. 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 You know, yes. Yeah. And you know it does limit you too. Sometimes it doesn't work if you're shooting further south at the wide area. Um, and you you know, you, you may not even be able to use the, the range finding device. Um, through that area because it's just it, you know you've got to put your rifle and your scope and then your, you know the raptors are even higher above it so there's a lot of you know discrepancies through there um, and then it has the same limitations as a rangefinder um, where it'll pick up uh, debris in front of the target um, as well like tree branches and different things so it'll give you a false range as well yeah. we we train with them quite a bit just to make sure that we know what they can and can't do but you know, at Missouri, we kind of changed up how we're doing things. We we both are running binos now. We usually just brought one pair, but now we both have them, and so we really don't have to try and switch them back and forth. It's just you do your binos, I do my binos, and and we can give each other ranges a lot faster that way. So that was loud. I don't know what that was. Uh, it's like feedback or something right at me. So what was your favorite stage this past weekend? Can you tell us about it? Well, mine was definitely, uh, it was, yeah, I had it was in my notes, my extensive notes. Uh, you go high, I go low. It was the stage number 12. It was the last stage of the match for us, and I enjoyed it the most. Um, it was really fast paced. Uh, we did really well at it. 
we had a really, it was the one we came, we had come off of the under the wire stage where we weren't super happy about. We kind of figured out those issues, came into this stage, had a really good game plan. We both kind of worked the plan and I think we executed it exactly how we figured it was going to happen. Caleb went up on top of the tower and I was underneath the tower shooting through a window. It's a pretty small window. And we had came up with the plan that he would go up on top and he would just use the Raptor and start because his targets was fairly open field. Uh, so he would be able to go through, find his targets, just shoot the Raptor, hold over and start going on targets. And while he was doing that, I was down below, found all my targets with my binos, and I wrote them on my arm board, all the ranges and locations. And then I, we were kind of talking back and forth. I was, I was counting how many targets he had engaged while I was going through mine. So I kind of knew where he was at in his order. Um, I gave him a heads up at two minutes that we were getting close on time as a five minute stage. Um, he had engaged four at that time, and he told me he had a fifth one that he was about to engage. So that's perfect. I'm getting my gun ready. So he started shooting his fifth target. I threw my gun up in the window and had my reticle on the very first target, dope dialed, uh, magazine in hand, like inches from the magwell, just ready to go to town. He told me, mag out. So I had a minute 30. And then I ran uh, five targets with three shots each, shot it clean. So I, I got to my third target, which was 500 something yards out. Caleb was tracking me through all, I was calling my targets. He was tracking me. He gave me a wind call, hit me up on the plate. So it just, we were really, really jiving on that one. And that was a lot of fun. We were, he gave me a wind call. He said, that was good. Then he, he said, back it off for your next target. And so we worked through it like that. And he was able to keep me on the plate. So I didn't have to think about any of that. All I had to think about was just Domino, hold the wind he's telling me to do. And I knew it was going to hit the plate. So, um, that, that was a lot. That was my favorite for sure. Cause I, I feel like we like kind of beat, beat the demon and, uh, and push forward and, and finish the match strong. Man, that is awesome. So we, we hung out on that stage for a while, and that was a really cool stage, but I kind of wish we would have got to see you guys there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was – I just wish you guys would have got done video. I mean, you know, that, when you do well, it's like that oh, would, video that stage. That would have been the one to say, yeah, because I think Caleb dropped one, right, like uh, a second round maybe or something. No, I, I cleaned it. Um, I didn't I, – oh, no, that's, I did take it back. My um, fourth – Sniper had it 700 yards and missed off the net. Um, yeah. But yeah, we pretty well cleaned. So I mean, we yeah, we missed, I missed one target. I didn't engage the last target. So we shot like we shot 30 rounds and hit 29 of them. So I was just like, I mean, yeah. What? How else can you do it? I mean, we didn't get to our six targets either of our six targets, but we shot like it was like 80 something percent. With you're coming off the line and you shoot a 60 percent, you're feeling pretty good. Up on it, so. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah, my favorite stage, I really liked how they mixed it up. So, you know, where you shoot Mammoth or this Vortex Sniper Challenge, they, the stages have been changing. And so the new dynamic, it seemed like this time was, um, um, I don't know, remember the stage name, but 
Oh, there you go. Notes, day two, uh, I don't even know. Banks closed, Grassy Knoll. Which one's the one that I lost my Mac? Oh, uh, that was Grassy, no, that wasn't Grassy Knoll. That was, um, that was number the six. The last uh, stage on day have, one, pistol rifle. It was the pallet. The pallet stage. Okay. The pallet stage. So the pallet stage. So what they make stuff on that was uh, you shot rifle first, and then you actually moved to the uh, pistol. pistol. Yeah. And then um, and you actually moved back to the rifle. And so that was kind of a unique deal, and it added an element of stress to it. And so we were able to walk steel out to uh, 950. Um, on stiff wind, yeah, yeah, late night, two mills, yeah. uh, you know, late in the evening, two mills, and and, and it's it just kind of raining some steel, so that's always fun. I was able to, uh, as we were doing that, me and Dave both planned, we're like, listen, don't forget my mag. <laughs> well, I said I was going to grab the mag. Yeah. That was that was my job. Grab the mag. Grab the mag. <laughs> And so, like, you know, as soon as I get done shooting, I'm like, I was already excited. We hit some steel, you know. Yeah. Like, actually, I cleaned it. Did I, I cleaned it, I believe. I think you did. Which so, was just, it was very impressive. It oh, was yeah. Like six I was impressed. And I, <laughs> I just was like, I, you know, I send it and I'm like, yep, that worked. So let's send it again. Yeah. But uh, I get up and I, Dave's like, he's gone. I'm yeah. like, dude, like, we're moving <laughs> as a team, you know. I, barely, I about left my bag, but I did leave both of my mags. And yeah. so at the end of the stage, you know, we go shoot pistol. We shot go get on some. Good. Yeah. So it's Dave tough. shot pistol, and we found most of our targets over yeah. there. And then the RO comes up, and he goes, "Hey, you did really well. Top score. That's great. But bad news." And I'm like, "Oh crap! What yeah. disqualified? Yeah. You know what? Something. We gotta go home." He's like, "I got your mags," and I'm like, "All right, I'll yeah. see you Sunday." Yeah. <laughs> so. Didn't hear what you didn't just said. Hear Dave at all? Yeah. I swear, the, I think the microphone just hates you. Like I, I, I heard your side. What about if I talk over here? Yeah, that works. Okay, I'll talk in this direction. I don't know. Well, I, I felt bad. Three Charlie. Three, three Charlie talking that direction. <laughs> we, uh, I felt bad and I had to hang my head pretty low coming off of there and telling Caleb, like, that was my fault for not getting your max. But he did, he did shoot really well. You had other mags, I assume. I did bring some extra mags. But, you know, that's not always that common. If I was in Lurk, you know, that's a, the deal, I'm like, well, sure, I'm glad I was in Trooper because I had some extra bags at the hotel. I always, I did bring, a, I usually bring an extra bag um, if we're having, ma you know, in case I have mag issues or, or you you know, you have something like that where you, you drop on and it's gone. I mean, it, you don't get it back till, till after the match. So talking about the different divisions, um, y'all have shot different divisions. You've done LERP. I know I've seen you do LERP and I've seen you do Trooper. Um, there's actually three for anybody that's watching and doesn't know the divisions mechanized. They get a driver in a van the whole weekend. Uh, trooper, they ruck between the stages and out and back and, and do all the miles that they do, but they can go back to the hotel at night. They can shower, they can sleep in a bed, they can 
restock their ammo and food. Um, and then LERP is where they are camping. They step off on Friday and they have to have their gear for the whole weekend, right? All their food, all their sleeping gear, all the ammo, everything. You don't get to go back to your car and refill anything. So um, those are the three divisions and y'all have shot two of them. Um, why did you change up what you're shooting and which is your favorite? Well, this, we shot um, Mammoth, which was like a LERP division where you, you camp. And then we shot Vortex in North Carolina. And we shot, you know, you had to camp there too. So we were fortunate enough to win um, first at North Carolina in, in our division. And LERP. And LERP. So we thought, well, we're going to use, we already made the finale. We're going to use Trooper um, as a, a backup if we want. So we're going to go and practice, make the rucks. Um, and, but not have to sleep in a tent, and so uh, and eat bag meals. So uh, what the would bag that, meals aren't bad? No, they're not. But steaks better <laughs> for sure. Steak is bad. Uh, steak and shrimp. Steak and shrimp. Yeah, that was there, rough. There was some uh, we did great. We did rub it into the lurk guys, you know. Um, so we just did it that way. Um, just kind of mix it up, and so now we're qualified in two for the finale. So we can, I guess, uh, as Joe was saying, we could actually choose which division we want to shoot at at the finale so it gives us options yeah it's going to shoot back the next match and just make it in on all three <laughs> i would love to i don't know if we'll be able to on, on time wise no it would, it would be really cool to go shoot colorado because we've shot east we've shot central and and the west is a lot of fun to go shoot out there so um but yeah it, it would be cool to do mech but me personally, I like LERP. It's the challenge. It's, you know, you're mentally exhausted. You're physically exhausted. Um, it's, it's tough. And so I think uh, it kind of proves uh, to yourself almost uh, as an all-around shooter and just able to make it through the um, adversity. But hey, LERP. LERP or Trooper? Uh, we like to do – I mean – LERP brings a whole new uh, challenge. Um, you don't, you know, you know, kudos to the military guys that are along, you know, our, our military that they go out and, you know, you don't take shower for three, to, you know, three weeks or, and you eat bag meals, MREs and stuff like that because, and to stay um, focused and alert because three days, even, I mean, three days match and you're sleeping two nights in a, in a tent. I mean, it, it wears you down. Um, and it's, um, like I said, you just you're eating bag meals, and um, so it, it's a new challenge. And we like LERP. It, it's a, like I said, it's more challenging than Trooper. Yeah, it's it's kind of like the one that if you're going to win, that's the one you want. That's the trophy you want on the wall. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, Austin asked if you guys have any sort of a custom turret on your scopes, or do you guys use a uh, dope card and a normal turret? Well, combo of um, each match is a little bit different, but uh, the um, our, our first for sure we use an arm board, um, and then we've got our, uh, you know, and then with our dope on it. So for our ranges, um, we use the Raptor, and it it get, it spits out a um, our dope for us um, when we're using that. Um, the turrets it kind of just depends on. Um, oh, nice. Even got a key at the bottom too. 
I was about to ask you what your wind speeds are, but you have that written down. Yeah, it's a five, a five mile an hour from either direction. So it gives you something to go off of. And do you guys carry each other's dope as well? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what I figured. I, I noticed a lot of the, the teams that have critically thought about it realize the advantages of that. So this way, you know, if somebody's down there hammering targets and you're ranging, you instead of saying, oh, it's 500, and they're like, okay, my 500, you say, die 1.2, send it, or whatever yeah. it may be. You know what's nice about even if you got a cartridge that's similar, um, you know, the first 600 yards for your secondary, it's going to be close to what your dope is. Yeah. Um, and so that makes it pretty efficient as well. You can just read off what your dope is to them. And um, most targets, I mean, that's that's the shooter's judgment um, on elevation. You usually have plenty of elevation. It's usually a wind call. That is true. Like there's a, there's a stage with rulers out there, you know, like 12 or so inches tall and maybe three inches wide if we're being generous. They always, yeah. they always make me shoot the rulers too. I don't know what that's <laughs> <laughs> that's not very nice rulers and the prairie dogs right yeah. rulers and prairie dogs yeah yeah but you got a little guy i got a little guy that's right <laughs> i got baby gun so what would what advice would you guys give someone wanting to start doing this type of match oh he's got it written down hold on check my notes, check my notes. uh so one of the big things when we started just research like your guys' podcast. Uh, there we go. Good. Best advice ever. Guys. That's it, right? <laughs> Best advice ever. Uh, but ser in all seriousness, it is because those, those guys have gone out and done it and so have some clue about what's required and what works for them. Now, that may not work for every team, of course. Uh, our system won't necessarily do the same. But uh, do your research. Figure out... Um, we shot Trooper when we first started, uh, mostly because I wanted, I really wanted to do some kind of rucking and, you know, physical exertion there. Um, the LERP, I, we maybe still be shooting it. I don't know. Um, it would have been tough. Uh, even in Trooper, um, you know, I had blisters on my feet and all that from the first go. And uh, so that was... I think the, the, a good call. So I would say either shoot Mac or Trooper when you first start. Uh, get a get a feel for it. Don't get discouraged. Know that it's not PRS. It's not a they're not cleanable stages. So you know a really good score at the end of all of it is a fifty percent. So um, just kind of knowing a few of those things, and you really gain that from the podcasts, uh, from blogs. We we would read blogs. We so when we go to North Carolina, it's a thirteen hour drive. So uh, Caleb won't let me drive so uh, I do the reading so and then he taught me how to read properly so anyway we go through that there is commas and periods in your uh, reading I can't I, I can't make it a full run-on sentence like, the whole said, time. do you read like this to your kid I mean like the storybook is this how you read <laughs> so storybook reading has gotten better at my house and, uh, so we'll do that we'll do a bunch you know on the road while we're on the road we like just look up so like sean and greg keep going back uh, sean's written several blogs that we've read through that are really good and um, doing that having equipment that's really reliable uh just not don't be pushing some cartridge to the 
utmost degree on the edge of popping primers. You want uh, something that uh, if it gets wet, if it gets dirty, it's going to feed. It's going to work through the through the grit and grime. And and don't be afraid to get it dirty. Uh, my gun, I haven't even cleaned it. I don't think I cleaned it from North Carolina. It just kind of stays in a state of dirtiness. So uh, just knowing that your stuff's going to work and and rely, uh, have, uh, you know, uh, confidence in your equipment. And then uh, past that, just going out and practicing with your partner, actually putting rounds down range, watch some of the videos you guys put up. And if you have a space to do it, uh, Caleb and I have done uh, 22s. If we, I've got a little range right at my house and we'll do the same stages, but with 22s. So a lot closer range. Uh, so, you know, a 300 yard shot can be primary shots and then 100 yard and in or secondary shots. And so we, we do all that work with all your gear, the gear you're actually going to use. Uh, that's just some of it. Just keep a good positive mental attitude the whole time. And that can be tough, but, uh, you know, knowing there's a, that there's a light at the end of the tunnel, I guess. That is all great advice. You know, I'd say it's, uh, you know, have a good range finder. That's important and good dope. I mean, so when you're out shooting and you're like, man, you're you're way off, you know, and you're shooting out from the field at 800 yards and it takes 100 yards behind it. It's hard to tell, boy, that was left or right, or, you know, especially for me. So get some good dope out distance. And so you know that it was one um, and not your elevation. So, I so, mean, that's like the first one. So out to distance, how far out do you guys write your dope? Well, I think um, we run it out on our Kestrel, 1,200 yards. Yeah, and I, I think mine says 1,250. Yeah, and mine, I go out to 850-ish. That's kind of like, that's the furthest you ever shoot at Mammoth. So uh, Vortex is always 650 and in for six, secondary. Secondary, so, primary, uh, I think we had it 1,200. I don't think it engaged the target over 1,100. Yeah, and yeah. I, I mean, yeah. I'll, I'll plank around at 1,000 with my 223, but uh, really, if you can hit something two, three MOA out at 850 with your 223, you know, you'll be, or a 308 for that matter, for secondary. So we've always shot the same. I've always been secondary. He's always been primary. And that just, that's always worked for us. And um, so we've never really changed that at all. I bought up that question because in editing all this video, I stumbled upon a funny quote of, okay, in the tree line at 1125. And then the response to that was, oh, crap, I don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did get no, a second round impact, though. They, they, yeah. they, they guessed good, sent one, made a little adjustment, and, and we're on. So good, uh -huh. good for them. But Oh, yeah, you learn. You'll write it out to at least 1125 next time. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe they'll go all the way to 12. Yeah. 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 yeah I think uh, I did a 1200 for Mammoth. Yeah. 1200. Yeah. 12, yeah. The, uh, the only other thing I would probably add is also, and I saw it this weekend with young guns, uh, Evan and Barrett uh, uh, were both, and I know Evan Craig uh, from shooting at other matches. He's a Missouri local here, but their, their packs were too heavy and that will tear you up. So it, you, it's amazing. You're like, I need this and I need this and I need this. And it's like, well, no, you don't. 
you just need the absolute bare essentials to get by. So yeah, I always try and like lerp. I don't want to be over 65 pounds with everything on. And um, for trooper, um, you know, 40 to 50 pounds. I think I was right around 50 for this one. Uh, so I've always trained for 65. I really don't change too much between the two divisions. It's nice being able to restock your ammo at the end of the night. So you always, you know, you're not worrying about running out of ammo. But other than that, the gun's the same. My pack's the same. I don't, trying to just like stay with all the same stuff, I think is important. So if, if we were to shoot Mac, I'd probably just shoot all the same stuff again. I wouldn't go get a heavy barrel or I wouldn't run a heavier game changer. I just still shoot the same stuff. So in all of your evolution of what you, what you pack, is there one item that was really hard for you guys to say like, okay, we really don't need this and finally take it out of the pack after a long period of time or did. Oh, well, the good one was mammoth. The first year we shot mammoth, we, we were in the truck driving there and talking back and forth about the tripod. And we were alert. Yeah, we were alert. So this is the first year we ever shot the tough man division. So man, man, yeah. yeah. So no restocking. No restocking. Yeah. So this is the very first time we ever shot that division. And so I was like, the tripod's four and a quarter pounds. And I said, so our, our goals are always number one, have fun. Number two, make the rucks. Because if you don't make the rucks, your points don't count. And then number three is hit steel targets. So you've got to go in that, or at least we, we have to go in that order. That's just required, you know, good mental attitude, having fun. Uh, so making the rucks was really important. And I had to carry the tripod. I was the one that was putting it on my back. And so we ended up. wasn't that heavy. Four yeah, pounds. Four, yeah, four, yeah. Yeah. And so that was one that we ended up not taking the tripod on Mammoth in our very first stage. Our very first stage was a tripod stage. So, um, anyway, that we could have gotten more points on that one. Yeah. But so, I mean, it, it turned out okay. You need to get the ruck tripod. That's what I took to Mammoth. And it's like two, uh, I took the ball head off. I, like, I was like, nope, I'll just slap a bag, my get fill, get light bag on it and do it that way. So, I took the ball head off. So, I mean, it was like two and a quarter, maybe two. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yep. That's a good I've, idea. I've kind of gotten addicted to my really right stuff with an Anvil 30 on it. That's kind of just the tripod to shoot for me. So that yeah. is definitely a nice. I tripod. love the Anvil. Yeah. That's what I have on my PRS tripod. But I knew I couldn't carry four and a half pounds. I was like, there's. You no know, way. it all adds up. It does. Quick, dude. Quick. So, what, Jennifer, what did your pack weigh? When you 55. Well, my pack, my clothes, everything. If I went from naked to everything it was 54 pounds yeah oh that's not bad, that's good really. though. yeah that's I'm, pretty good for, for stuff man so hard yeah yeah, yeah. Was, see i actually i'll be honest with you i convinced them beginning i said here's the deal it says on the internet you're not supposed to carry more than about 25 percent of your body weight well he weighs more than me <laughs> yeah so, so i gotta carry more. i made him carry more weight <laughs> was, i mean I'm kind of the team leader, but you know, yeah, <laughs> so it worked out well for me. Yeah, we we split we split it up even. <laughs> I like that idea. Yeah, I yeah. was definitely carrying more than twenty five percent of my body weight. That's for sure. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you yeah, oh, yeah. you will eventually. Uh, I mean, you quickly add all the tripods and stuff. Yeah. But I think we're I both of us now are probably thirty five percent. 
everything. I mean, it's yeah, pretty, it's pretty. I mean, everything you add, it just keeps on. It's, it's really it's hard to do it with what we carry to do it and not be at 63 to 65 yeah. for a, a lower division loadout yeah something else so what matches are y'all planning to shoot in the next year and what goals do y'all have i don't honestly we'll probably i'll probably do some local matches um so we want to win uh would like to you know win the uh Vortex Championship down there in Texas, of course. Um, we'll probably be shoot LERP more than likely. Um, and then other than that, uh, I get my kids out shooting uh, 22s at some of the local matches. Um, it's kind of my goal for the year. Um, and so other than that, we might I might shoot a local club series, but probably between now and then, a lot of 22 matches and, and work. So, yeah. That's I'm kind of on the same boat. I run the uh, most rimfire. I'm the director of that series here in Missouri. So um, we've got six ranges that participate in that. So we've got uh, 20 or 25, I think, matches through the season. So um, I always like taking my boys to that. And so that's more I'll shoot it. But I really like focusing on them and letting them uh, get involved in it. and, and uh, and so that's probably what, where I'll be, 22s for the most part. And we'll practice. Um, it'll probably be practicing is what it'll be whenever we can get together. Got to get ready for Texas. That's right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to get lackadaisy right now. All right, so here, here's a question for a rimfire shooter. If there was a rimfire sniper challenge, would you shoot it? Oh, yeah, well, I would. Hopefully Caleb is coming along. Guns. Squirrel guns. Yes. <laughs> I, I love shooting my rimfire. So. Yep. Yep. I was, actually, I was actually uh, out right before this podcast. I went out and shot about 50 rounds through my voodoo just to keep brushed up. That is awesome. The, the 22s are fun and they'd be lighter. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It'd be much lighter. Especially with ammo loadout. You guys need to start one of those. Let's say I, I run a uh, an NRL 22 series down here, but uh, that would be awesome to do a rimfire sniper challenge. Oh, yeah. Well, you find out about it, let me know. All right. That'd be fun. Greg, are there any lives? I should check that. I have not been doing a good job at that. I believe we are good. All right. Well, I think we can wind it down to shout outs. We normally start with you, so go ahead. All right. We will start off with GSL suppressors, which I will definitely be running in our Rimfire Sniper Challenge because they are super quiet on Rimfire. <laughs> uh, shooters and Sharpshooters of Augusta are local indoor and outdoor ranges here. Uh, PDC Custom, the most beautiful rifle chassis known to man. They're available in lime, green, and normal human colors. Shooter's World Powder, which when I bust out that center fire like I will be doing again hopefully soon, um, that's what I load up with that. Hunter's HD Gold. There's the, oop, there it is. Super awesome batter back there. Um, I'm blind as a bat, and I feel a lot less blind with those. Um, Fix-It Sticks, just kind of 
I, I love them. They're they're so simple, so easy, and you can fix all your stuff. If you need a discount code, hit me up. And Bortech, because I realized halfway through this podcast that I need to I need to clean this thing before my match I'm running this weekend. So yeah. <laughs> all right. How about Caleb and Dave? Y'all got any shout outs? Well, my biggest shout out be my wife and kids. Uh, my wife puts up with my addiction to shooting and hanging out with Caleb. So um, thank you, Natasha. And I got four, four kids, two boys, two girls. And uh, I did have one thing, this right here. When, this is probably a requirement if you go have something. Um, my little girl, Carla, she always goes, love you, Dad. So it's a little note, I carry with me in my I bring her with me, keeps me going. So uh, just my family. I love them to death and, and really appreciate them. That's awesome. Well, geez, that's, hard one. that's a hard one to follow up, huh? <laughs> I was about Caleb, to say, Caleb, Caleb no pressure. But if you don't yeah, mention uh, your wife, uh, you're in well, the doghouse. <laughs> yeah, you, you know, I mean, to all the shooters, I mean, our families are great deal of course in doing that we're gone for you know a few days at a time doing this and, and like i said we're always hanging out so most definitely my wife and, and kids too um, they enjoy it we have fun but too to, you know we've got some great uh people we work with like hunts long range um he does all of our rifles and our and does our barrels and uh, does a great job um any questions he's very knowledgeable and professional um like ron williams with Swarovski, uh, they're always you know the new the new scopes he's like hey come check these out and uh it's always great to deal with customer support's great um um so we have a lot of and then who else do we have um well that'd be you know sorry if i've, I've missed any best but tyler kemp too mk machining um he does some work for us on our throw levers and magazines and uh, a variety of different stuff but uh you know really this whole sport is great and all the people that sponsor it uh, Vortex even, uh, they do, I mean, just, just being able to put the bill for this and putting prizes on the table. So anybody, um, in the Vortex series, uh, that is pushing it, thank you very much. And we appreciate it. And that draws in shooters and it gets us gear that uh, we may not have purchased, uh, previously or we wanted and, and it's there. Um, so it's, a, it's kind of incentive to compete. So we really appreciate it. And thank you guys too, for, um, having us on. Uh, and the podcast that we've been able to learn from. So we appreciate you guys as well. Good. Even the uh, Stop the Bleed class. That was very good, Jennifer. Oh, yeah. Thank you. I enjoy doing that. Those are fun. Yeah. Those are fun. Yeah, I injured my finger on Sunday at the awards thing, and everybody was like, we know how to put a tourniquet on. Maybe not for that. Yeah. I think we're okay. Band-Aid will probably probably get it but <laughs> yeah yeah I, like i'd like to keep my finger <laughs> yeah really. don't think a tourniquet will fit on that yeah but well i just want to shout y'all out for coming on the show and spending what two hours of your tuesday night i know y'all just got back in town um of course i guess y'all didn't have very far to go but y'all shot the match all weekend and took time away from family for that and then to come back, you know, two days later as the winners and do the show again. I know that takes time away from your families. So thank them for me, for you coming on. And I appreciate y'all spending your evening with us. And 
with that, I think it'll be a wrap for episode 372, and we will see y'all next week. Awesome. Thank you. We'll see you.